This counts as your lunch. Speaking of sexual subjugation... We fill in the wrong form. We could both be dead. We should make a sweatshirt that says that. (gasps) Welcome to Up Yours Downstairs, the podcast that induced him to put his seed otherwise than he should have. I'm Kelly Anakin. And I'm Amy Schneider. We are here. That's right. It is so hot. It is so hot, you guys. We might die of heat stroke <laughs> during this podcast. Yeah. I mean, you know, I was going to say, if you hear that happen, but like, we would have to somehow edit <laughs> right. through the heat stroke death. Well, I'd assume that, you know, our executors would make sure to get our final podcast out. You know those fuckers don't know how to use audacity. <laughs> I don't even have an executor. No. Do you? No, I don't. I guess if, you know, I guess we should make it Red Scott because, you know, he knows all the podcast stuff. That's so. true. So, okay. Uh, and we don't have any other possessions. Our living will <laughs> is that Red Scott should edit her final podcast <laughs> and, uh, and take some nice pictures at the funeral. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely take a death portrait yeah. of both of us right. separately and together. <laughs> we still have adjacent burial plots, right? <laughs> <laughs> you can listen to our podcast from the afterlife two old uh you can listen to our podcast from the afterlife two dead bitches <laughs> well i assume we'll be buried in westminster abbey's podcaster's corner oh absolutely yeah. well we'll just get a square like kit marlowe <laughs> yeah you know we'll be buried stand well our you know our cremated ashes will be buried standing up <laughs> right you're getting, are you getting cremated? I don't have a living will, so this is actually a really good conversation to have. I on it like whatever people find most convenient to do with my corpse is fine by me. Great. I, well, if I our divorce dead. ever goes through, I'll let someone know. <laughs> no, seriously, cremate me though. Although, you know what? I don't care. Right. Like honestly, that should be my whole will. Is I don't care. <laughs> yeah. I'm dead. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, maybe it would be different if I had kids or something. Right. Uh, and I'll tell you what, speaking of people who need a will. Oh boy! There's a bunch of them. A bunch of them need a will. You're in, uh, the, the big finale. Uh, Master of Phantoms. Which, this was more, um, airless than I thought. Like, yeah. I don't know how to explain it. I remember being very struck by the Anne Boleyn execution scene. Mm-hmm. Spoiler alert. <laughs> right. <laughs> But I, I don't know why. I remembered being more engaged the first time I saw it, mm-hmm. which like, the doy, like you're always more engaged the first time you see something. Right. And but, I think, you know. Well, also the heat does the not heat, help. Yeah, it is that's so definitely a factor. Hot. I meant to go look at my third. Hang on, I'm going to go look right now and see how hot it is inside. Okay. Edit this out. <laughs> you know, it's actually a, uh, very balmy 94 degrees in here, which is not that bad. Yeah. It's 99 outside. Yeah. This is really bananas because normally speaking in my apartment, it is warmer inside than out. Yeah. So, uh. I don't know. It's definitely warmer in my apartment than it is here. Well, you're on the fourth floor. Yeah. I mean, I'm got... on the top floor, but there's only two floors. Right. And you also don't have as many windows. I do not have as many windows. You have better cross breezes, though. Yeah. It, but that's the thing. There's not much of a breeze. Like, yeah. when the air is still, then it's just like. It's so thick outside right yeah. now. Honestly, it's so hot and the air is so thick that it feels like we have better soundproofing than we do for this podcast. <laughs> 
But even just like you can see how hot it is outside. Yeah. Yeah. It is insane. Yeah. It's, it's, well, I mean, it's literally the hottest it's ever been here. So as my family would say, it's hot as a match. <laughs> I was going to say it's hot as balls, but this is actually hotter than balls. This like, is hotter it would than damage balls. your fertility it, it if is, your balls were this hot. Yeah, well, your balls, I think, have to stay, what, 98.6? I think actually slightly below that. Yeah. That's why they're outside. Weird. Yeah. God, balls are weird. They are. Mm-hmm. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of seed. Okay. Speaking of seed and yes. needing a will. <laughs> so we get a little bit of the info splaining. You know, the queen's enemies are gathering, uh, putting all their, their ploys in motion mm-hmm. to get rid of Anne Boleyn, which is a shame because mm-hmm. I thought her boobs were really starting to come in. <laughs> So we see Cromwell sitting at a table and like everybody's there. Right. Lord Norfolk is there and he says, when are we eating Cromwell? We're famished or something. And I'm like, this is clearly a dream sequence because the Duke of Norfolk would never dine with Cromwell. Come on. (laughs) Yeah. Not with Cromwell at the head of the table. Absolutely not. Yeah. And they're all in a boisterous mood. Cromwell less so. He definitely looks disturbed. And everybody is being very loud. That yeah. was actually the real way that I knew that it was a dream right, sequence. I was right. like, y'all are too excited at dinner. Yeah. Like, you don't even have cutlery. <laughs> Calm down. So yeah. Call me when you've got a fork. <laughs> <laughs> so everybody is there, and, and like a bunch of apples are served, mm-hmm. presumably symbolizing the fruit of good and evil from the Garden of Eden. Sure. Although, if you're familiar with the works of Margaret Atwood, you know that that was much more likely to be a stone fruit of some kind. <laughs> I heard a quince. Uh, I've heard that as well. Yeah. I can't remember if Margaret Atwood said that or not. Okay. She's my pope. <laughs> Incidentally, you also went to the works of Margaret Atwood. Listen to my other podcast, Read All Over, a yep. Handmaid's Tale podcast. We're recapping Ever After next week. Ooh. So I know. I know. Lucky you. I am very lucky. Yeah. Listen, I'd invite you, but Molly's very weird about having other people on the podcast. Yeah, okay. She's a Manama podcaster. Manama. <laughs> Manamanon? <laughs> do, 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 do. Yes. Do, 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 do. <laughs> Anne's body. Right. The Muppet of the Middle Ages. <laughs> Anne's body is being dragged on the table and dishes and things are being, you know, kind of pushed aside. I'm like, yeah. who, who came up with the seating chart? This is a <laughs> terrible idea. So she's being dragged up. Cromwell looks horrified and she's looking at him in her Anne Boleyn way, you yeah. know, like upside down. Right. You know, with her eyes and her smiling and he... Raises the knife and stabs her, and he seems way more conflicted here than he is for almost the entirety of the episode. Yeah, but I think, I think that, you know, the, the point is that he is this conflicted for the rest of the episode. He just can't, you know, he can't show it. He's got his job to do. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe not this conflicted, but anyway, he seems to be the only person involved that actually feels bad about it. Or like, thinks that people are people. Yeah. Like, that's the strangest thing, is that everybody involved seems really... To not be considering that these are all human beings with, like, lives and families to go back to. And, look, uh, I'm sure being the queen is great. (laughs) uh, But it's probably not better than being dead. Right. Wait, wait, no, it's probably... yeah. Yeah, better than being dead, I think. No. Being the queen is great. Being alive is better than being the queen? 
Yeah. Is that what I'm trying to say? <laughs> it's uh, so hot. <laughs> it's so hot. It might, it is not better to be dead than to be this hot. <laughs> right. But it's close. It's, it's, yeah. <laughs> no, but you know what? It Honestly, I'm seeing this as like a compelling argument because I've always felt like hell was a very academic exercise, uh, you know? Mm-hmm. But like if hell was this hot all the time <laughs> and presumably hotter. Yeah, I think that's traditionally, like yeah. Bikram yoga, like 120 degrees or <laughs> anyway. Okay. Right. So everybody is just sort of moving. Bikram yoga. It's just like hell. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but then it makes the rest of your life seem tolerable. <laughs> I'm bad at yoga. If anyone has tips, please pass them along. My shoulders are a mess. So then we realize this isn't even an actual dream, right. which I would almost forgive for being as on the nose as it is. Mm-hmm. This is literally just Cromwell at a family dinner, just like daydreaming yeah. a nightmare. Uh, so then we see Anne playing with baby Liz, which is, uh, very cute and the only nice moment in this entire episode. Oh my god, it so is. <laughs> it is entirely ruined by the fact that Henry is just sitting there. Right. Being mean dad. Yeah. And it's like, uh, th- it's like, and again, then he gets mad. I don't have kids. Mm-hmm. I cannot imagine doing what he does to the parent of my child. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm just not rich enough, but like, how, how could you yeah. be this? Like, he wouldn't even kill, I guess uh, he didn't have a reason to kill Catherine per se. Yeah, but, but I like, mean, he didn't, like, he, he just, you know, he exiled her or whatever, but he didn't do anything beyond that. Yeah, and it's like, here's this baby. Yeah. Who probably will need therapy long before <laughs> it's available. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I guess she did fine, but. Yeah, as it turned out, but. She stayed a virgin forever. That's not normal. <laughs> yeah, sure she did. Um. <laughs> right. <laughs> We're all virgins. <laughs> um. Yeah, so Henry just stares at his baby angrily and won't, like, play with it or admire its cute little hat. Yeah, and come on, a baby hat dude? Yeah. What are you, a monster? Probably. This, yeah, this episode would argue yes. Yeah. Ugh, we're not even... Yeah. Also, we did also consider, instead of doing the podcast as usual, just recording my reactions <laughs> to the episode, which is... <laughs> every time anyone says anything to anyone. It's my version of a drinking game now. It's just going... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So anyway, Henry just walks out without saying anything, and Cromwell goes after him, but Anne says, Cromwell, and uh, says that he heard about how he sent for Mary when Henry seemed to be dead. Uh, and Cromwell explains that he can't hold the throne for an infant or for an, a baby in the womb, which Anne had at the time. Oh, man. I can't believe all this has happened. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's crazy. I'm yeah. Like, wow. Grant, it's been a while since we've recorded this podcast. Right. By accident. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. And Anne says that she is responsible for Cromwell's rise, which caused Kelly to say, <laughs> and that at the first chance he's betrayed her. This is like the 10th or 11th chance, okay? He gave you a lot of leeway. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Cromwell says that nothing here is personal, 
Uh, Anne says that he needs to remember that those who have been made that he, that she made him, and those who have been made can be unmade. Can be unmade. Cromwell says, "I entirely agree." And then I was like, "Oh damn!" Yeah. Uh, so it's on. It's very much on. Yeah. And this is, I think, Anne Boleyn's failure was taking things personally, mm. not now but in the past Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and granted it is unfortunate that women have all these female hormones and the world is not oriented to our experiences Mm -hmm. because i imagine that her various miscarriages really put her on the back foot yeah as far as amassing and maintaining power is concerned yeah like that's you know it's weird to talk about because it's mm-hmm. like it's not that I feel that women are at a disadvantage from an evo psych point of view or anything. Right. It's just that no, the world has not evolved yeah. to allow for the fact that oh, our awesome power to create fucking life <laughs> comes with some side effects, you douchehounds. Yeah. Well, and I mean beyond that, it just her entire strategy was centered around having a healthy, legitimate male child. And you it, can't predict that. Yeah, and it didn't happen. It Even was just, now, you can't predict right. that. Yeah. So you know that she didn't have her her plan B wasn't great. I wonder if that's why people say women are irrational because we can't accurately predict the gender of babies <laughs> before it is decided. Yeah, I uh, I don't know. Are there any witches out there? If so, <laughs> we want to hear your story. We know plenty of witches. So we have Sir Nicholas Carew sitting with Cromwell, and Sir Nicholas Carew is saying, oh, we both want out. Saying, we both want Anne out. Yeah, and Cromwell, the concubine. Cromwell's like, want is a strong word. <laughs> like, I, uh, I'm literally just doing my job. So not only does Sir Nicholas Carew want Anne out, mm-hmm. so do the Exeters, uh, Lord Pole, Lady Pole, May Pole, Pole Vault, uh, Rum Pole of the Bailey, all the poles. They all want her out. And, you know, he, he makes some appeal to what England wants. And right. Tom was like, uh, most of England doesn't care. <laughs> yeah. Like, they don't know about any of this crap. The most exciting thing that's happened to them was the Maid of Barton, and we killed her. <laughs> so Carew says they'll be content with Jane Seymour, uh, because she is still a Catholic. Right. And they believe that she will bring Henry back to Rome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> that will not happen. No. They're concerned, though, because Cromwell is a Lutheran, and they know this, and he says, oh, no, I'm a banker. <laughs> and I laugh. Did I punch you? I don't think no, so. No, but, but I, oh, I think we high-fived or something. Like, yeah. Oh, man, it's such a great joke. Yeah. They're not many great jokes this episode either. No. Uh, Cromwell's got a lot going on. He's, yeah. He's upset. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Anne and all her bitches are hanging out. Uh, they're embroidering or whatever. And then uh, Anne starts teasing Mark and she calls him a, a little a doggy and like tickling his face with a feather. And it's just like everybody, like she's like laughing and everybody else is like, uh, hey. Yeah. I'm like, Anne, read the room. This yeah. is not going over well. But, uh. And it's like, I know you're bored. Yeah. What happened to your fool? Get her in there. <laughs> uh, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Yeah, and she tells Mark that he has no business being sad because he should be entertaining them. Uh, and, oh, does he expect her to treat him like a gentleman? Well, she can't because he's an inferior person. And, uh, like, Mark is starting to cry. And she asks... This is the worst episode of Undercover Boss ever. <laughs> <laughs> she asks if he isn't going to go praise her eyes. And he, like, just gives up and, like, flees the room crying. Is he allowed to do that? He's on the clock. <laughs> out for your breaks mark <laughs> monica from corporate is gonna be here next week <laughs> from loot inc <laughs> this counts as your lunch <laughs> <laughs> it's not fair that you get to have smoke breaks you know we don't smoke we don't get as many breaks as you <laughs> this segment of up yours downstairs brought to you by the service industry <gasps> the service industry Fuck me, we still have it. <laughs> uh, so, Will Brereton comes in. Well, all the dudes have been, like, measuring their dicks and saying a bunch of crap. Oh, yeah, like... Look, there's a lot of this I didn't recap. Yeah, because, well, because... Uh, it was hot, and my wrists kept sticking to my keyboard. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, Will Brereton comes in, and Jane Rochford is like, oh, they've all been fighting. And, uh, explains why and that it's all because of Mark. And Jane thinks that Mark should be dropped from a great height, like your dog, Percoy, <gasps> she says, staring at Liz. Did Jenny Lee drop Percoy? <laughs> I bet she did. I bet she was tired of cleaning up his poops. It's, uh, it's possible. In any case, she's implying that she did. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Anne walks up to her and smacks her, like, hard. So hard. I mean, there is a giant red welt there. Yeah. Which is mysteriously gone in the next scene. Yeah, well. So who knows how much, like, did she have to wait for the puffiness to go down before <laughs> she had to talk to Cromwell? Yeah. But man, that was a solid ass bitch slap. Yeah. That that was I need to see if there's bitch slap supercuts on YouTube because <laughs> that sounds real gratifying to watch. <laughs> yeah, no, I can see that. No, I mean she really got like her elbow behind it like it was yeah. Yeah. Uh and Jane says that if she does that again, she will hit her back because she's no queen, she's just a knight's daughter and her time is over. <gasps> o M G. Yeah. Uh so Anne asks Norris to take Rushford away and drown her. Uh, and he, he won't, and, like, eventually Anne is like, oh, see, this is why he won't marry you, Mary. And Cut we're all to, like, who the hell is this surprise Mary? Has yeah. she been here the whole time? I think her name is Mary Shelton, if I'm remembering the book right. Oh, but as in the Sheltons who later imprison her? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe well, not. It's just, it's a random Mary. The next Mary. time we recap Wolf Hall, let's not go so long between episodes. Although, yeah. well, for this, her, isn't, this yeah. wouldn't even she help wasn't... because we have no idea. We've never seen her before. Yeah. So anyway, there's a random Mary there that there, people are fighting about. Um, and so Anne's, Anne's like, see, Mary, this is why I won't marry you because he's waiting for the king die so he can marry me. Uh, and Nora says, will you spill all your secrets, Anne, or only one? And heads out. And Anne's like, oh, ha, ha, ha. Somebody bring him back. And everybody's like... Well, she wants him to come back and and, and she'll swear on the Bible or he will. About yeah. And I'm like, you can't solve all your problems <laughs> by swearing on the Bible, Anne. It's not premarital sex. Yeah. Or it is. But yeah, you're out of, op- you're out of yeah. options. You don't have any... Yeah. 
She does not get any support from anyone in the room. Yeah, and everybody's just like, mm. they're like, we kind of want to call our moms to come pick us up and take us home. <laughs> Sleepover blows. <laughs> so next we see Lady Rochford telling Cromwell, uh, as he has long been hoping that she would, mm-hmm. she tells him that the king and queen uh, were seen arguing about the row with Norris mm-hmm. and that... Anne was seen clasping her hands in front of her throat like the queen on this tapestry. Not that tapestry. (laughs) Wholly different tapestry. Yeah. Uh, You know, pleading with Henry. And Henry was like, uh, guess what? I saw that in a tapestry once. (laughs) I don't believe you, ho. (laughs) Then Rochford decides to tell Cromwell about all the premarital blowies, which he calls... uh, she practiced with she them practiced. in the French fashion. I knew fashion. it was, yeah. yeah. I remembered the French fashion. <laughs> yeah. You don't forget a thing like that. <laughs> practiced. I'm going to call sex practicing from now on. Like, hey, you want to practice? And everyone will say, no! You are correct, everyone. Uh, then she's like, oh, and if you didn't know about that, Cromwell. Also, Anne's fucking her brother George. And Cromwell's like, uh. Yeah. Listen. As, as am I. As I wrote down, too much incest. Yeah. Just in, you know. Can we, as a society, once Game of Three, Game of Three, <laughs> once Game of Thrones season whatever and a half is over. Right. Can we not have pop culture incest anymore? Yeah. Like, granted, I'm at a very low ebb on it as I'm rereading uh Octavia Butler's Xenogenesis trilogy. Ah, well, there's Which that. is like, it's like, it's incest, but like, is it? But like, it is. <laughs> and <laughs> I'm like, ugh! Yeah. Well, and I mean, to be fair, in this case, I mean, this is like, historically, like, you know, this is part of the story of Anne Boleyn. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, of, so. I guess, and my question is, and I feel like I knew this and then I forgot it, but mm-hmm. like, is any of this true? Does anybody know? No, nobody. Like, even not just like whether the accusations are true or not. It's not even clear who all was, what all of the accusations were. Wow. Like, there's very little I record mean, of it what really, happened. I mean, it really, and I think you get this because Henry is barely in this episode. Yeah. Henry's in this episode three scenes, mm-hmm. basically. Yeah. But I mean, he was like, mm, get rid of her. Don't care how, don't care why. Yeah. Just come up with reasons. Yeah. And I just, I can't get a sense from the show, certainly, and I can't remember what my impression of the book was, mm-hmm. uh, whether or not two-time Booker Prize winner Hilary Mantel <laughs> had an opinion yeah. about whether or not it was true, much like Octavia Butler does not seem to have an opinion as to whether or not this incest and intermingling DNA with aliens is good or bad. Yeah. Well, and she talks in a little, like, afterward about how, or maybe it's an introduction, either whatever end it is, about how this is just a version of what might have happened. Mm -hmm. And she talks about, like, there's a couple other people that were involved in the allegations where she was just like, nobody has any clue what that was about, so I just didn't put it in. Like, it was just like, nobody knows how this name came up or what he had to do with anything, so I couldn't be bothered. they've ever done a Doctor Who episode about these people? Hmm. That seems like it would be too depressing. (laughs) Like, it's hard to have, like, cheeky zingers (laughs) when it's like, ugh, a bunch of people died. Yeah. Like, really unnecessarily. Because whether or not she did any of this, you know... I don't think you should have sex with a sibling. Right. 
I'm going to come right out and say <laughs> it. I don't care who knows. That's right. I don't think that you should. If you do, I don't think you should be killed. Yeah. I don't even know that you should necessarily be, like, you know, like it's distasteful. Right. Like, you should just be shunned. Yeah. And by, you know. but like, like, I don't need you to go on trial. Like, yeah. Your peers are more than equipped to be like, hey guys, when you do that, it makes us all want to like curl up inside of ourselves. <laughs> so we're not friends anymore, McCoyles. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and so, oh, and then on top of the incest, see, <laughs> she should have put the incest last. <laughs> because then she's like, oh, also, uh, she's banged all those dudes. Right. Uh, and I say all of their names later. I did not have time. Yeah, it's, it's to fine. To write them all down. Anyway, and Cromwell is like, okay, are you sure you want me to record this? Because he's like, I'm going to write it down. Yeah. But like, do you really? Like, this is your husband, bro. Yeah. And she's like, oh, I fucking know. Yeah. I hate that guy. Yeah. She says, if you think you won't remember it. Ah, look, <laughs> Lady Rochford, I don't know if Anne is guilty or innocent. Right. I know I don't believe that she deserved to get done the way she gets did. Right. However, Lady <laughs> Rochford, late game, dark horse champion of this series. I mean... Yeah. Oof. Yeah. It's fantastic. Yeah. And Jenny Lee, I hate you. Um, <laughs> but you know, yeah. you, you give a great performance here. Do you yeah. think she's been listening to our podcast? Oh, I think definitely. Yeah, I think she definitely has. It's hard to imagine how she couldn't have been. Well, she knows that we've been talking smack about her husband, Mr. Grove, for <laughs> low these many years. <laughs> He's so terrible. Yeah. It's worse than George Bolin. At any rate, Cromwell's like, hey, Lady Rochford, huh? Don't tell anybody else this. And she's like, why don't you tell Mark Smeaton that you want to talk to Mark Smeaton? And he's like, maybe I will. <laughs> so cut to Mark Smeaton. Uh, he is arrived at Cromwell's house and is confused because he thought he was coming there to like play a gig. Yeah. And he's, he's like, I thought I was here to entertain you. And he's like, oh, yeah, you will. <laughs> um so he sits Mark down and is like, oh, you know, my, my master the king and my mistress the queen are at odds. And is like, how can we, we just need to figure out how to reconcile this. And uh, Mark says that he knows the problem. The problem is that the queen is in love with Mark Smeaton. And like, it's like whatever the loot equivalent of a record scratch is. <laughs> because like... Cromwell and Richard Cromwell is there yeah. and Rafe is there. Like they all thought they were going to have to like give him a bunch of wine <laughs> right. and like really butter him up and yeah. get him to say anything incriminating. Yeah. He has not had even one sip of wine yet. And he's <laughs> like, Oh yeah, I solve all your pro. She's in love. She loves yeah. me, dude. Yeah. Oh, up top Cromwell. Yeah. And Cromwell's like, we're not friends. <laughs> yeah. Well, because they're set up and like it's such a great interrogation setup. You know, Cromwell's sitting at the table. Rafe is sitting like behind him, like in the dark, barely visible. I love Rafe. And then Richard is sitting off to the side and slightly behind Mark, where he can't see near him. the fire. So yeah. you know the flames are playing on his face. Yeah. Um. So uh, yeah, and and so yeah, they're all like, "Oh, the queen's in love with you, eh?" And Tell us more. Right. <laughs> And he's like, and, Thomas Moore. <laughs> and Cromwell's like, oh, no, I'm, I'm not that surprised. You're a handsome young man. And he Rich isn't, by the way. Right. And uh, Richard Cromwell says, we all thought you were a sodomite. 
This is the scene, and I cannot believe it has not come up before now. Mm-hmm. I was sitting here, and I was like, man, fuck, Mary kill with these three dudes. <laughs> it was a toughie, everybody. Yeah. It took me till the end of the episode, so I will refrain from revealing it mm. until the appropriate part. Oh, yeah. wait, no, actually, I think it's the next scene. <laughs> well. Well, anyway, I'll say it when it happens. All right. <laughs> um... So, yeah, and then... Well, and because Mark's talking about the queen, he's like, yeah, we're just keeping it loose. I don't I don't ask about who she's fucking. <laughs> she doesn't ask about who I'm fucking. Yeah. Uh, you know, we keep the loot out of it. Right. Uh, but at this point, Cromwell's like, all right, you've given us two names. Now we need more names. And Mark, like, is like, oh, shit, realizes what's going well, on. And, and Cromwell also was, like, about to write stuff. He's like... Uh, you want to write this down? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I thought we were just having fun. Right. Uh, like we never have done before. <laughs> right. So he gets up and tries to run away, but Richard Cromwell, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, grabs him and slams him back into the chair. Uh, and yeah, Cromwell's like, yeah, boy, you know, <laughs> he just makes does this whole thing like, boy, all the all the men at court are going to be so impressed by you, Mark, and we're like, what is your secret? <laughs> um, lying, mainly it's lying, right? <laughs> uh, so yeah, he says that, uh, you know, that he, Mark says he takes it back and he can't tell what he doesn't know, and Cromwell says that he can and he will do it freely or he will do it enforced. And tells Ouchies. him, yeah, and tells him, uh, then they throw him up into, he's, he says he's gonna be his guest for the night, and he has Richard take him up and pen him up in the attic. And Richard tells him it's where the phantom lives. Yeah. Uh, uh, incidentally, there's a really great haunting happening on Twitter. <laughs> I will post the link on our Twitter, which, listen guys, sorry I haven't been posting on social media. Um, you know, we all have lives. We, we you all understand. Do. Yes. Uh, but I uh, I changed my job situation, so maybe I will now. Maybe you will. There's a bunch of new Peaky Blinders stuff coming out. Oh. Yeah. Like, there's a new, like, teaser and stuff. So, oh. yeah. So, I'm anyway. Yeah. Look, here's what I'll say. Don't get your hopes up, <laughs> but I will post about this. That's our motto. Yeah. Don't get your hopes up. <laughs> we should make a sweatshirt that says that. <laughs> um... So then Cromwell is just trying to get some motherfucking sleep. <laughs> and Mark starts yelling from the attic. And then I guess they made him wait till the next morning because it's light out. Yeah. yeah. And he names Henry Norris, William Brereton, Francis Bryan, and Francis Weston. Uh, then they're like, uh, go on. And he says, Richard Long, Walter Walsh. Right. Walter Walsh. Yeah. Walter, try to say that at I think, all. I think those may be some of the people that Hillary Mantel cut because they made no sense. Yeah. So, Mark said, <laughs> yeah. Cromwell's like, how many times did you have to do with the queen? Mark is like sobbing his eyes on. He's like, a, a, a thousand times. And then Richard Cromwell wangs him on the head. And then Rafe kind of gives him a look and he's like, I'm going to stand next to Mark. <laughs> like, we need him alive. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Thus is when I decided I would marry Richard Cromwell. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm no, sorry. Say, I would yeah. fuck Richard Cromwell. Right. Yeah. I would marry Rafe and I would kill Cromwell because who knows what that guy's getting up to. Yeah. You, like there's, there's only room for one Cromwell in this relationship <laughs> and it is me. <laughs> 
So Risley is there. They've they mentioned the night before that they were gonna yeah. call for Risley to come and take notes. Mm-hmm. Presumably so that nobody would be able to accuse Cromwell of having, you know, just Richard or Rafe taking the notes mm-hmm. or himself. Like, hey, here's this guy who doesn't really like us that much. Yeah. I am bummed that Call Me Risley has such a diminished role yeah. in the TV show. I mean, you can't yeah. leave everything in. Right, right. He's great in the book. Yeah. And it's also, by the way, most people think that Cromwell did torture Mark Smeaton. Like, you know, this is Hillary Mantel's kind of like, I mean, it's not, there's, she's not contradicting what's historical at all. There's no evidence either way, but it's just sort of people just generally assume. Well, because, he doesn't really torture any of them. Right. That we see. Right. And I, you know, it's obviously, regardless of what she thinks about Anne Boleyn, mm-hmm. it's a very sympathetic portrayal of Thomas Cromwell. Right. Obviously. So Cromwell sends Richard to the king to deliver the message that Anne is a hoe. Uh, the king is at a joust, but Cromwell is like, don't let anybody stop you. It's for his ears only. Like, we right. can't write it down. What a, jo- what a job Richard Cromwell has where he's like, okay, so my job is to go to the king of England and tell him that his wife is a whore. Mm-hmm. Like, whew. Yeah, and luckily he doesn't kill the messenger. <laughs> right. Uh, well, as, as Cromwell said, he was expecting it. So, yeah. Yeah. So, Damien Lewis looks super upset. Anne is over on her own box and just looking oblivious. Mm -hmm. And so then the king tells a page to tell Henry Norris to retire from the field. He stalks down from his box and then he gets on a horse, presumably, off screen. (laughs) And he goes to find Henry Norris, who's wearing my red leather jacket (laughs) and a very dumb hat. (laughs) And he's like, hey, go for a ride. Let's talk. And Henry Norris is like, hey, bro. What's, what's yeah, going on, no, bro? that sounds like that sounds like a fun, friendly time. Yeah, this was completely unexpected, so <laughs> I'm not scared. Uh, so Cromwell and team enter the king's, uh, the really the queen's waiting room, um, and Norfolk is there, and he he has the warrant for her arrest or whatever, um, and he's like, oh yeah, I guess he, he's like this will. This will teach the king to listen to, or maybe from now on the king will listen to me. Uh, after, you know, like I don't know. He's just like he's pretty excited. Norfolk being Norfolk. Yeah, he's pretty excited to be murdering his niece. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah, like I have relatives I don't like, but I wouldn't want to murder them. Yeah. Uh, so then, in, inside, Anne has uh, just finished up a meal. It doesn't look like she ate that much, which is understandable. Uh, and so they have to wait like five minutes while all the servants come in and like elaborately fold everything and take it away and blah 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 uh and so then she's like oh you know she greets like all of them by name and ends with and cremwell uh the man i made yes uh and and uh then norfolk says and he made you in turn and i assure you he regrets it um or that he's sorry for it. And Anne says, yes, but I was sorry first, and I am sorry more. For well, now. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she was sorry first. Yeah. And, yeah. Well, that cannot be denied. Right. And Cromwell is not the one being sent to the Tower of London. Yet. Uh, yeah. Um, and it's, it's, and then she said, so Cromwell, and the thing about it is, this is the scene in particular where Cromwell really looks like, you know, not conflicted, but just, you know, bummed. And like, like when, yeah, I didn't 
didn't particularly get that from this scene. Granted, I, think was, I was also typing. Right. I think it was main, mainly. I'm. I think mainly. I'm just uh, thinking about when because when Norfolk says that about oh you could be sure he regrets it, like Cromwell like kind of reacts to that and is like this no, guy I doesn't mean, speak for me. You no, know. Uh, well, you know. Well, well, I mean, right. Um. Yeah. And so we asked her if she's ready, and Anne says, I don't know how to be. But again, Claire Foy, my God. She kills it so hard in this. Did she win any Emmys for this? I don't know. I don't think so. It is so unbelievably good. Yeah. Because the full weight of it really hit me, you know, a bit later. But Mm -hmm. it's like, I don't understand how you can mentally cope with the idea of death mm, like mm-hmm. actual impending death right some people do yeah but it's just like uh crap i forget where i was reading this but you know just about the fact that you can think about your death means that you don't believe in it mm-hmm. because you know to imagine yourself like you cannot imagine your consciousness not existing. Right. Basically. Right. I'm sorry if this is some philosophy 101 something <laughs> that I am parroting back to everybody. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, you know, she did not, when we saw her in the first scene, have any particular reason to feel mm-hmm. like this was going to happen to her. Right. And, and she thought she was, she thought she had the upper hand over Cromwell. She which thought, she didn't. No. You know, and it's unfortunate because, I mean, obviously, whatever she did or didn't do, mm-hmm. she did not have her guard up enough right, right. to really uh, prevent this kind of thing. Yeah. And I think, you know, again, because things are cut down and in, in the book, you get a little more sense of, like, in this one, it seems kind of pathetic that she thought she had a chance at all, but at least... Well, it's more in the book, you get Cromwell's own internal side of things, and he's really concerned that she might outmaneuver him, you know? Yeah, I think... And maybe that's why this didn't work for me as well the second time, because I mm-hmm. think I did watch the show first, read the book second, mm-hmm. and now I've gone back to watch the show, and mm-hmm. it is a lot more nuanced and... right. You know, again, right. it's not suspenseful exactly because you know it has to end the way that it ends. Right, right. It's not the inglorious bastards of the reign <laughs> of Henry VIII. And it doesn't just end with Anne Boleyn murdering everyone and... <laughs> well, murdering Hitler specifically. Um, <laughs> but, uh yeah, so, you know... It, <laughs> That's it's- just... In the last scene, the executioner goes, and all of a sudden, she just, like, ninjas the sword out of his hand, like, cuts a path through. <laughs> now I want to write this fanfic. Now look what you've done. Listen, I know I still have to finish my Avatar The Last Airbender one. Yes, I know. I say that to people all the time. I'm like, I have to finish that, because Amy wants to know what happened to Sokka. I do. <laughs> Maybe that'll be your Christmas gift. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, they row Anne off to be imprisoned in the Tower of London, uh, and then Cromwell and Cranmer with the, cream, the with the king. Well, first Cromwell looks at a tapestry, right? No, a different one. <laughs> yes, it is one. Not of, the first one. The it different. Is, one. It is one of the multiple plot significant tapestries <laughs> in this show. <laughs> and. Uh, Cranmer is like just babbling. He's like, "Oh, I never had so much faith in a woman, and I, I wouldn't believe it. Except, of course, Your Majesty wouldn't have gone this far." And it's just—he's such a 
twit in this scene. He's such an idiot. And yeah. Henry is literally just kicking back like, hey, broski. Yeah, he is. He's like lying in a window and like. And he's like kind of sad, but like not sad enough. Yeah. And he's like, he's like, yeah, I think she probably had sex with a thousand men or something like that. Like, I, like Cromwell like wishes that Richard Cromwell was around to wag him on the head. <laughs> Yeah. Well, and then it gets worse because Henry announces that he's written a play. <gasps> and, and Cromwell's like, maybe, maybe, maybe wait till we have, we have more time to read it. That's it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, tragedy plus no time is just tragedy. So. Right. Yeah. Oh, God, can you imagine? The play that Henry VIII wrote about <laughs> Anne Boleyn fucking a thousand dudes. Right. It would be, like clerks if clerks was 17 times if clerks was 37 times worse than clerks actually is yeah although i enjoyed clerks no it's when it first came out it doesn't hold up yeah if you go back and watch clerks you're like what what was wrong with us back then salsa shark (laughs) not even supposed to be here today Cromwell sits down at his desk with papers and flashes back to another play. <laughs> yes. The Wolsey Mask, yeah. the Where Do Whores Go of this show. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it somehow is less annoying in the book. Yeah. Well, I mean, you have more, there's more flavor to it. Right. When being described in words. Right. Whereas this is just the same shots from over, previ- over, and, over and over again. again. Yeah. And, and I guess it's just, better than just him like writing in his journal and voiceovering. Was thinking about the Wolsey mask again today. <laughs> this yeah. time I thought about everyone in this order. <laughs> <laughs> have we have we mentioned the fact that if only Tyrion had listened to our podcast, he would know where whores go uh, because they go to the Whore Institute. Yeah, everyone, all roads lead to the Whore Institute. <laughs> Sometimes I miss Downton Abbey. Do you? Yeah. No, sometimes. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Somebody, uh, a friend of mine, like, just started watching it. Uh, yeah. And she's like, oh, I can listen to your podcast. I'm like, mm, you're way behind. <laughs> Amy's still a man in those. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> crazy. They were different times. They were different times. Uh, so Cromwell goes to interrogate uh, the four uh, men involved, George yeah. Boleyn and... I truthfully yeah. have a real hard time telling any of them apart. Yeah. One of them is George Boleyn. The others are not. Well, George Boleyn... Okay, I can identify him. Francis Weston is the one with the money. Yeah. Although he was I don't the one think we found that out till later. Right. I don't remember what he looked like. Yeah. And then Henry Norris is the one with the hat. Yes. So that leaves, I think, Francis Bryan as the other one. Right. And I was like, who? Yeah. Although he actually had, uh, I think my favorite. That's the other benefit of the book is that because every time he remembers it, he remembers their names. Yeah. So you get yeah. a much stronger picture of who they are. Yeah. I think he was the one. Actually, I feel like there were five of them. Cause then there was that funny looking guy that he was complaining about how he had like murdered some commoner. Yes. Um, but anyway, so I thought though that maybe that, that was. was the one um i thought that was francis bryan maybe it was then okay i don't know yeah, Look, it doesn't you matter know what? guess what if anybody really wants to know they will figure it out <laughs> they will uh but they're each uh different in their own way i mean you know 
Well, I mean, no, no, no. Each Please, of the, tell me more. <laughs> in the interrogation. So it's like, he's interrogating George. Tell and, me more. <laughs> tell me more. Did she practice the French way? <laughs> uh, yes, possibly with her brother. Tell um, me more. Tell me more. Is Mark Smeaton gay? Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. He's not. He's not. No. Good for you, Mark <laughs> That's right. Don't be fenced in by gender roles. Yeah. Um, He's also, a gender fluid pansexual loutist. <laughs> yeah. Also uh, a traitor. But I just assume that it's lout, loutist, like flute, flautist. Oh, yeah, that makes Lute, sense. Loutist. Actually, I think it's lutinist. Jesus. Oh, right, because they say that. Yeah. That was the joke that Norfolk made, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was you the said, joke. Yeah. He was like, oh, well, blah, 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 was playing like a lute. The lutinist was playing the king's wife. Yeah. <laughs> he said he was fingering her. Ah! Yeah. That again. I don't like the word fingering. That's in fine. A sexual context. I, I will make in a note of this. anyone is ever hanging out with me, that isn't you, Amy. <laughs> right. Don't do it. Don't say it. Yeah. Um, so the, the one guy, uh, is Cromwell's mad at him because he would just like have commoners killed that annoyed him. And he's like, you know, you thought nobody would remember, but I remember. And Cromwell almost goes too far here. Cause I want to be like, nothing's personal here, dude. Remember when you said that? But as he explained, cause then he was telling, uh, the guy with your hat, with your coat and the weird hat about, and he reminds him about the the mask and he's like what you can't be about that and he's like no listen you don't understand i need guilty men so i found men who were guilty though not necessarily as charged yeah he just he's he's just gotta trump up charges against a bunch of people for having sex with Anne. that's the task he's been given is it francis weston one of the guys who was in the room Mm -hmm. when Anne said oh he's just waiting Mm -hmm. like that guy wises up to the scenario very quickly yeah because when cromwell recounts that conversation back to him he's like oh i see how that's gonna play when you cite it as evidence yeah and the fact that he's in debt as well he's in debt and and was he the one with the baby yeah yeah that made me sad i don't care about him at all but it made me sad Mm -hmm. because well because he says i thought i had another 20 years yeah uh yeah which is also depressing because it's like what are you 25 yeah yeah um, but yeah, and he starts crying and, you know, Cromwell puts a hand on his shoulder and, you know, it's like nothing he can do to, to help really. Uh, but then the, the, the one other thing that I really like in it, in the whole thing is one of my favorite lines where one of them is blustering and he's like, I'm, I'm very close with the king and, and Cromwell laughs and he says, are you? You should really complain about your lodgings then. Well, and that's like, that's like the very beginning of the conversation yeah. because the one of them, he threatens to press his thumbs oh, into his yeah. eyeballs and like, yeah, this is what I, he's like, like you won't, what, you, you won't torture gentlemen. He's like, we don't need to make formal arrangements. Yeah. Yeah. And I just, you know, I, I like that Cromwell doesn't resort to brutal torture techniques here, mm-hmm. but make no mistake. I would suggest that he is torturing these men more than physical pain could do. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then it's actually the 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 last one that we see is the one that's crying and has the mm-hmm. the kid. Uh and he goes out and Risley and Richard are there and is they're like uh so did he give you know what the confession or whatever and richard's like do you want us to go in and make him and cromwell snaps at him he's like do you think i'm too soft on young men and like he's really you know this has been tough on him yeah 
And it says, sorry, I have to go piss. <laughs> Which is great. Yeah. And then all of the guys go out from the town. Ta- I guess they're allowed to leave now that they're guilty. Uh, yeah. No, I think this is just Or was them- this just at his house? No, 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 no. This was in the tower. I think this is them just being taken off to be executed off screen. Oh, I think. summarily. Yeah. I think well, so. Well, but he said they were going to be tried. Well, the, yeah. I mean, they would have gotten... He said they would be tried... They would have been tried by, like, a judge. Okay. Well, they were tried all together, and then except for George Boleyn and Anne Boleyn... Right. They would be tried by a jury of their peers. Right. Which is, like, the House of Lords, yes. basically. Yeah. So Cromwell goes to see Anne, and Lord Shelton, I discovered retroactively... <laughs> And, uh, oh wait, no, he's not Lord Shelton. Lady Shelton is her aunt. Right. Right? No, I think, yeah, but I think he is her husband. I think he is her well, He says uncle. my wife and Lady Shelton are in with her. Oh, okay. Well, I don't know who yeah, that guy anyway. is. Yeah. But that would mean then potentially Mary Shelton is this woman's daughter. Potentially. That's why she was in with Anne's ladies in waiting. Right. So. Or it could be just another Mary. The guy whoever the hell this guy is, <laughs> right. says that when he told Anne that she would be installed in the room she had before her coronation, said, it's too good for me. Jesus have mercy. Right. Because Cromwell was like, anything she says, tell me. So he mm-hmm. tells him. And I don't, you know, I'm totally at a loss to figure out what she might have been referring. Like, right. I and, mean, and- because also, because he also says that she's sometimes crying, sometimes laughing. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, she's having a complete breakdown, which right. is understandable. Right. What Cromwell thinks, his own private theory in the book, is that she says it's too good for her because she lost. Like, she knows she's lost uh-huh. the battle, and that's what she is saying. Is like, I don't even deserve to be treated like, like that. She's not mad about anything she did wrong. She's mad about losing. Boy, I have no idea what that's like. I, I know you don't. Yeah. You of all people know that I am very <laughs> equanimous when I lose. Yes. I don't mind it at all. I don't fly into a rage. You've or uh didn't spend your childhood throwing risk pieces around the room and Okay, you know what? That was because I was supposed to win. <laughs> and my brother knew that and he quit before I could actually win. Okay. Resignation is not as good as straight up winning. No, that's true. Everyone who plays me on chess.com. I can't really throw stones though, because sometimes you lose your queen and you're like, oh. Yeah. You know, let's just, let's just cut our losses here, folks. Yeah. So Anne rises from prayer to sit and talk to Cromwell and he asks if she would like her furs. She says, yes, the ermine. And she wants her own women. And he's like, uh, you know, we can't do that. Right. Remember the recent unpleasantness with Mark Smeaton <laughs> and also all the treason. <laughs> yeah. Also the, the women that all like turned on you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. By the way. So Anne says she doesn't know why she's being held there. She wants to see her brother and her aunt, <laughs> Lady Shelton. Yeah. Oh man. Regular Don Rickles. <laughs> she really she's really is. hockey pucking it up over here <laughs> because she's like, oh, I want to see my brother. And her aunt's like, I don't think that's appropriate under the circumstances. <laughs> um, so Cromwell's like, listen, you don't get to see nobody, not know how. And he tells Anne to help the king and that she can do something for her daughter down the line by appearing penitent. Mm-hmm. So again, the complete insanity of this, like, you're going to die. Right. But like the king might mistreat your daughter if you're a bitch about it. Yeah. He yep. and she, you know, shoots back and she's like, well, you don't have any witnesses. And he's like, oh, 
literally all the women that used to wait <laughs> on you are now singing like canaries yeah because they don't want to get killed mm-hmm. so again like regardless of whether anything happened or not you know everybody now has to look out for themselves right right so Anne Boleyn tells Cromwell to tell Jane Seymour that God sees her tricks. <laughs> you know what we don't see at all this episode yeah. is Jane Seymour. That's true. She is not present nope. at all. No. Nor does the king even mention her. No. This is not like the previous situation where Cromwell had to get rid of Henry's wife. Right. And, you know, he was constantly sighing about being with Anne. Yeah. Here he's just like, mm, meh. I don't, I don't like her anymore. Yeah. You just. Or he's like, are we still talking about this? Why isn't she dead? <laughs> yeah. Fix it. Cromwell is going to leave and Anne stops him. She puts her hand on his arm and mm-hmm. asks if he believes these stories. And he takes her hand and removes it from his person. Mm-hmm. She clasps her hands at her throat as he's going. And what little apparent compassion he had for her mm-hmm. in this moment flees and again yeah. this is claire foy's episode right but that undercuts a bit mark rylance's excellent performance here because yeah he has to maintain this poker face right throughout again almost the entire episode mm-hmm. And it doesn't fall here, but yeah. you see just this minuscule change mm-hmm. where he is extremely disappointed that the only person who has been his intellectual equal mm-hmm. throughout all of these maneuvers. Yeah. And, you know, probably the mind closest to his since yeah. Wolsey died. Mm-hmm thinks as little of him as she does of henry Mm -hmm. essentially yeah i mean i think she easily is the person he likes the most outside of his own you know retinue i would agree well they're both opportunists yeah they're both bankers Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and very few other people in the court are willing to admit to being baldly ambitious they Mm -hmm. hide it behind their titles they hide it behind their gallantry Mm -hmm. but Anne and Cromwell did not grow up in court. Mm -hmm. And I think that bond draws them closer together. Mm -hmm. And I think he is a little offended that she's trying to manipulate him as a courtier. Mm -hmm. When, you know, they're really, you know, they're both uh, individual contributors. Yeah. (laughs) As he leaves, she calls out. She has the best lines. Yeah. She says, I only have a little neck, so it'll be the work of a moment. And I'm like, man, I should work out. <laughs> if somebody tried to behead me, they would have to whack at it. Uh, so then we get Anne's trial. This and- should be fun. <laughs> yeah. And, this uh, seems like it's going to be fair. <laughs> yeah. She's face to face with Norfolk, who's towering above her. Um, and it's also intercut with George Boleyn's trial. Uh, so-, so much intercutting this episode. Yeah. It made it very difficult to recap. Yeah. It, it, yeah. There was a lot. Get your shit together. Whoever made this. That's right. I don't know who you are, but you're not two-time Booker Prize winner <laughs> Hillary Mantel. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Uh, so Cromwell's questioning, well, both of them, but Anne is just basically denying the charges. Uh, and George Boleyn is standing up confident saying, name all your charges. I'll refute them. I'll confound you. 
And I don't feel like either of them prepared, you mm-hmm. know? I mean, I guess they didn't have the right to an attorney. Right. So they're self-representing. Yeah. Which is terrible. Yeah. Because Cromwell's an excellent lawyer. Yes. Yeah. Trees and trials were not designed to be fair. I'm sure they still aren't. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. <laughs> they uh, ask Anne if she... uh and some of these are just direct quotes from the actual records that survive, uh, like, you know, various... You know why? Why? Because two-time Booker Prize winner <laughs> Hillary Mantel knows her shit! Yeah. About infamous incitations and that she had made somebody into... One of them, them possibly her brother, into her concubine. Concubro? Uh, mancubine. <laughs> <laughs> I always have lamented that there's not, like, a male equivalent for mistress. Mm. Because, yeah. I mean, usually it's like master is the... Right, but that's, right. that's for like a servant, not for someone you're subjugating sexually. Right. Yeah. Incidentally, speaking of sexual subjugation, <laughs> can I interrupt the trial of Anne Boleyn briefly <laughs> to complain about Yara Greyjoy on Game of Thrones? <laughs> sure. She barely subjugated anyone sexually. I know. And now I feel like she's going to die. Yeah. Look, I don't have high hopes for this last season. I don't either. I mean, I have been getting diminishing returns on the thing yeah. since the Battle of Hardhome, basically. Mm-hmm. And I don't like the redesign they did on the Night King. He used to be way scarier looking. Yeah, I, I agree know. with that. No, there Although were... I imagine being the Night King takes its toll. Yeah, I mean, there was, like, it's, you know, it's enough that there only being the one short season left, I'll finish it out. And there were some good things that I liked, but I thought the seventh episode that ends with the zombie dragon waking up, I thought that was the worst episode of the entire run of the wow. series. I could not nothing that happened made any sense or was at all plausible like or, i feel like i enjoy the show while it's happening and then when it's over if i have to think about it <laughs> i'm like wait a minute yeah what yeah anyway uh this is why men shouldn't be allowed to run tv shows <laughs> okay <laughs> they established that they could break through the ice and that the zombies couldn't get through it why didn't they just spend all that time standing around making sure to keep all the ice around them broken so that the zombies could never get to them um what anyway they were all trapped on that island right and they're all just like do to do waiting for the ice to freeze mm-hmm. like why not just keep smashing the ice in your vicinity because everybody okay here's my theory okay. when winter comes everybody's iq drops to imbecile levels (laughs) yeah i mean it would explain a lot yeah no you're right the shame hodor didn't survive he could be king man (laughs) they shouldn't have done hodor like that (laughs) that's true yeah but i just my biggest problem is that i'm not emotionally invested in any of those characters anymore yeah i really i really hope that the night king wins like honestly from an intellectual perspective i think it's the only way to salvage what the show has become i mean i think at this point like Cersei, honestly, I mean, and I think she's. I think Lena Headey is maybe giving the best performance. By on the, the way, show. these are spoilers for Game of Thrones. Oh yeah, it's it already happened. <laughs> you had your chance. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm I've, the spoiler king. <laughs> <laughs> spoilers are coming. Um, yeah, I think she's doing a really good performance, and I don't think there's that many people left. You think are... Lena Headey's doing a good job? Yeah, I do. I think her face is stuck like that. No, it's. You I don't. At... I don't no, no, think no. she's making any facial expressions whatsoever. No, look, every like I know that she's always got kind of the same thing going on, but it's different every time depending <sighs> who she's talking look, to. Look, I'll trust like, you. Yeah. Look, I I believe that at this point in our lives, you're watching women 
and their facial expressions a lot more closely <laughs> than I am. That's probably true. Uh, um, yeah. Anyway, that's well, what, and you know what else? It's all subjective. Again, if they had had the balls to kill Jamie, yeah, at all, yeah, because I don't think he survives. Yeah, how could he survive? Yeah, how could he have? Uh, and they're giving way too many people redemptive arcs, right? Like, right. anyway. They could have done so much cool shit. Yeah. And they did none of it. Yeah. Also, I was annoyed I didn't see the ice dragon coming. Oh, yeah. Me too. Because that was like... Like, I was bummed that the dragon died. And then I was like, oh, fuck! Yeah. I also (laughs) felt like I should have seen that coming and did not. Well, look. So uh, it goes. They have got a lot going on. (laughs) Do you believe that Jon Snow and Daenerys Targaryen are attracted to each other at all? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, no, not really. No, like, because, <laughs> like, like, people kept being like, uh, 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 and I was like, they have never looked at each other. <laughs> yeah. Like, they don't even, like, they're both, like, too distract, like, their, their wooden line readings are just, right. like, neutralizing them. Mm-hmm. And I, it's just like, oh, well, I, oh, we have sex now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, tale as old as time. <laughs> Okay, anyway. All right. Uh, Game what of Thrones discussion <laughs> over. <laughs> People want me to come back on Boar Score and Swords. I'm like, the last time I came, I trashed it. Yeah. And everybody got so mad. Yeah. And, it's and I'm l- like, look, I'm not going to have nice things to say. You're not. If what you want is to mindlessly enjoy this show, <laughs> you pick the wrong bitch, bitches. <laughs> but, uh, Red Scott, we hope you'll still be the executor of our wills. Yeah. Uh, so George Boleyn gets tripped up by reading, uh, reading aloud a note that he supposedly said about the king that he cannot copulate, he has neither skill nor vigor. I believe both of those things. <laughs> right. Incidentally. <laughs> Which slays the audience. They think it is the funniest thing they've ever I'm heard. I'm surprised that they are allowed to laugh at this. Right. Uh, but in any case, that is, that's all she wrote for George Boleyn. Uh, and then Anne admits that she made gifts of money to Francis Weston and... That's it for her. That's it for her. And so Norfolk... Despite the fact that gifts of money aren't necessarily sexual congress or even French practice. Right. <laughs> right. I've given money to plenty of people I haven't practiced French on. <laughs> and I've practiced French on plenty of people I've never given a dime to. May we. Oui. <laughs> That was a funny. <laughs> um, yeah, she is sentenced to be either burned or beheaded at the king's pleasure, and then there's hubbub because yeah, because all these old crones, and by crones I mean men. Yeah, these yeah. cronies. I don't know what's going on. It's yeah. very hot, and I wanted to be done in a half hour, and okay. it's not that. Well, all right, but I know we're almost there. We're there. We're getting there. Um, but yeah, they're like, oh, that's not what the law says, and Cromwell's like, shut up. We've never tried a queen before. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah, good point, dude. Because yeah. they're like, she has to be burned. She has to be burned, and I'm like, and I couldn't. I, I did eventually, but like very briefly, it was like I can't watch another bitch get burned right now. Like I just, it's too hot. <laughs> yeah. Too hot for burning. The <laughs> Kelly Anakin story. <laughs> oh man. Uh, yeah. Anyway, breakups are a lot easier now, eh? Yeah, they sure Boy, are. I'm sure glad. Even if we both have to go to court, yeah. Uh, like neither one of us is going to go through all this crap, right? We're not going to have to have either one of us killed. No, I which... certainly hope. Well, I don't know though. Like we thought we had done everything correctly, and then yeah, they, like, apparently these in forms, the state so. of California, like so who knows? Yeah, we fill in the wrong form. We could both be dead. Ugh. I don't know. Well, 
It's been nice knowing you. <laughs> okay, now we're now we're here. Now we're down to it. Yes. Cromwell climbs some rainy stairs and he looks at a wet coffin. And the courtyard that he is staring out at is filling with people and uh, Anne arrives. So this is clearly where she will meet her end. Yes. So she comes down. She's wearing a dress that I'm kind of like, is that what you're wearing to your execution? Because <laughs> like, it's not terrible. Yeah. It's like a muted purple. And she's wearing an ermine trimmed cape. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, she's looked better, you know? Right. Well, it's going to get blood all over it. You right. But I'm your- like, who wore it better? Anne alive or Anne with her head cut <laughs> off? You know? So I don't know. <laughs> anyway, she is handing coins to all the guards. Mm-hmm. Just anybody who's around, she's handing coins to. Yeah. And I am not entirely sure why. Because I remember from the Baroque cycle, mm-hmm. you wanted to pay the hangman. Right. So the hangman would pull on you and break your neck so that you would die more quickly. Right. I assume in this instance, it's more of a like Christianity, like give out your possessions sort of thing. Yeah. Well, and if you want people to pray for you, I mean, right, England right. didn't go Lutheran because they didn't think indulgences were a thing. So. Right. Right. And it, well, and she keeps looking up at the tower and Gregory is there for a good old family trip to see the queen get beheaded. Yeah. And Gregory asks Cromwell why she keeps looking at the tower, and Cromwell says, because she thinks there's still hope, which is heartbreaking from yeah. the second you see Claire Foy's face. Yeah. I mean, she looks, she didn't look bad right. this way mm-hmm. when she was with Cromwell last. Right. Or right. even at her trial. Yeah. Yeah. And she just looks weathered. Yeah. So this is all intercut uh, with the executioner describing to Cromwell how he's going to do it. Uh, so just to cover all of that at, at once here. So he's he's dressed up like one of the officials, so Anne won't know which one is the executioner. Uh, and he to says... To spare her upset. Yes. He shows him the sword that he's going to use, and Cromwell asks how it works, and he says that... Uh, he's got a French accent because they brought him over. He That she will kneel, there's no block... And you know when he practiced, it was the French way. I'm sure. Look, I'm he's he's a good looking dude. Oh yeah. Like I'm I'm sure he's had some French practice. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this is a very solemn moment. I apologize. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so he shows Cromwell the sword and explains that uh, yeah, it'll uh, he'll you know just cut her head off she won't know what's coming and between heartbeats she won't know anything if she's steady if she's steady which she is not right as we flash back yeah so she is addressing the audience and no one can hear her there's a guy a really annoying guy yeah this guy with an sucks. eye patch his eye patch is kind of cool right but he's so annoying i know oh you my can't god even appreciate it's it. terrible yeah so he is saying he can't hear her, and... It's like, oh, you'd think she'd speak up for her last words. And Cromwell and Gregory are like, dude, like, yeah. you're ruining it. Especially Gregory. It's, it's nice We're to trying see- to watch the movie! <laughs> right. And it's just nice to see Gregory feeling superior to somebody. Yeah, because <laughs> usually he's like... Duh, duh. <laughs> and she prays for the gentle and merciful king, and clearly, like thinking any moment he's going to just step forward or mm-hmm. somebody is going to give her a reprieve mm-hmm. and uh nobody does nope cromwell holds on to gregory which mm. is interesting yeah because we know how uncomfortable he is with gregory yeah but also we know that he has 
a very huge and overpowering love for Gregory. Right. That even Cromwell himself does not understand. Like, yeah. Cromwell doesn't feel this way, mm-hmm. typically. Mm-hmm. But, well, and, you know, and there's think- a sense in which... His other child was Anne Boleyn. Yeah. Which I hadn't considered until right now. Yeah. He wouldn't yeah. have wanted for... What's his older daughter's name? Uh, Grace and... Uh, the one who'll be the mayor. Alice. Alice. Yes. So he wouldn't have wanted this life for Alice. Yeah. yeah. He, he would have maybe wanted a life like Thomas More's daughter, but mm-hmm. better. Right. You know, with without Mary, Thomas More. Yeah, without involved. Thomas More. <laughs> Although Mrs. Thomas More was a trip. So she, yeah, she was She fun. could hang out. But you know, I mean, in, in the sense that anybody at court was his family. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Even if it meant having to deal with her awful actual family. Yeah. So he has this moment of contact with Gregory and Anne's fake squad mm-hmm. from her imprisonment mm-hmm. prepare her. They remove her headdress and they tie a blindfold on her over a terrible white bonnet. Right. I wonder if it seems like it's, a penitent thing. Yeah. I mean, I think and it's, it's just there to keep her hair off her neck. So. so Anne is not steady at mm-hmm. this point. I mean, she, you know, and this is what I, I can't even fathom. Yeah. Yeah. Is because it wouldn't be so bad. And I, you see this because she's locked away and she knows something bad's going to go down and right. she's vacillating between crying and laughing. Yeah. But in this, this is the part that to me seems like it would be terrible. Mm-hmm. Like I'm getting like anxiety just talking about this idea of mm-hmm. like, I know I'm going to die mm-hmm. within the next mm-hmm. 60 seconds. Yep. I know everything about how it's going to happen except the exact mm-hmm. moment. And actually, that kind of goes back to something that Cromwell said to one of the guys, the one who said he thought oh, he had yeah. 20 more years. Cromwell is just like, we never know the day or the hour. Yep. And, you know, Anne yeah. is crying and shaking. And, you know, she's she's got her hands down at her sides mm-hmm. and is just kneeling. And it's awful. Like, yeah. it's, it's great in terms of being a performance. Yeah. But as a human being who's yeah. about to be killed, yeah. it's terrible. Mm-hmm. So the executioner steps forward and he pulls the sword and the crowd gasps, which I guess you can't really avoid this. Right. But he removes his shoes Mm -hmm. so that he can kind of move where she can't know where he is. And then he speaks over to her left, Mm -hmm. but then maneuvers very quickly to her right and chops her head off, which we mercifully do not see. Yes. And it was really, I don't know why I hadn't sort of noticed it before, but like, you really see like, it's like, it's just the physical force required. Mm-hmm. Like, he really has to. I can't imagine, like, how do you train for this? Yeah. I, a lot of botched executions, I guess. Yeah. But, you know, to be the executioner royalty. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think to an extent, if you just got training with a sword. Yeah, I guess that's true. I don't know. I mean, thankfully, it's not something I'm ever going to need to know. Well, and, oh, and I forgot this moment. Mm-hmm. Anne is sort of her hair, part of her hair has escaped her bonnet. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's sort of putting it back. And Cromwell's in the crowd saying, put your hand down, put your hand down. Because, yeah. you know, he doesn't want this to be prolonged for her. Mm-hmm. So luckily she does put her hand down and it appears that it is gone the way the executioner yes. hoped. Yeah. Because, uh, she, you know, sort of looked at where the, the sound was and then he right. cuts yeah. her head off. So it, it does seem to have been as quick as planned. So after her head hits the ground, some of the male officials move forward and I think Lady Shelton says, we do not want men handling the body mm-hmm. and annoying eye patch guy has to say, oh, a little late for that. Well, I gotta go tell the Seymour she's dead and yeah. Cromwell's like, fucking work for those fucking assholes. Yeah. 
Yep. So the women collect Anne's head and her body and they put it in the coffin and then they cart the coffin away and thunder rolls and, you know, Cromwell at this point, you know, it's done. Yeah. This whole episode has been about him sort of having to grit his teeth. Yeah. And get through the task of murdering a human for not a very good reason. Yeah. One that he likes. And so the last thing is him walking along kind of looking stunned and it's also in slow motion. It's in slow motion, and there's something going on with the lenses. Yeah. Uh, but then he goes up to Henry, who's just delighted. Like, he is so inappropriately happy. Yeah. It is tacky AF. Yeah. And he gives Cromwell a big hug, and it's just, you know, seeing both of their faces, and it's just like... It's it's like a horror movie ending in its way. It's, yeah, and hey, uh, two-time Booker Prize winner Hilary Mantel, we've said a lot of nice things about you, but uh, make with that third book. <laughs> yeah, for Who sure. Who are you, George R. R. Martin? He doesn't have a single Booker Prize, and he's not British. <laughs> That's right. Um, yeah, and by the way, the last line of this book is great. Um, and I'm gonna screw up the wording of it, but it's... We could literally look it up right now. Yeah, well, it's basically you like... edit out that part. There are no end... <laughs> there are no endings. If you think they are, then you have mistaken their nature. There are only beginnings. This is one. <sighs> That's so good. Yeah. Man, that is so great. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm constantly thinking about things to get tattooed on me. <laughs> that would be a good one, but it's too long. Yeah. But I do love Arrange Your Face. Yeah. Like, I don't know where I would get it. Yeah. Because, you know, it's like if you get it in too obvious a place. Like, I well, don't want to... My, my issue with it is that, like, the places that make sense for a tattoo are kind of more on the back, but I don't understand the point of a tattoo that I can't look at. Like, that's the issue for me. Well, um... You know, you don't believe in tattoos, period. Yeah. Well, maybe you will now that you're changing your gender. Yeah, well, that's I've been... That's pretty permanent. I've been... I've been <laughs> yeah, no, I know. Because historically, that's been your argument. is like, right. oh, it's too permanent. Yeah. So I've been I've been letting my mind consider the idea, but... Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that would be a fun... You get a gender change tattoo. Yeah. I mean, no, you don't I actually, need an excuse to get a tattoo. Yeah. Anyway, we can have this discussion. Yeah. yeah. There's no need to have this discussion <laughs> online. Right. Yeah, so that is the end of our Wolf Hall coverage. Right. So what we have coming up should be a couple of fashion backwards is mm-hmm. and Amy repeats histories is Yes. I subscribed to the Great Courses Plus <laughs> just for the occasion. Excellent. Yeah, we'll have actual good research oh, for you. By the way, uh I have been what have I been watching this on PBS? Uh it doesn't matter. There is a new river cruise <gasps> company in oh my town. God. It's just called like Scenic Cruises and it's I think it's bullshit. I think Viking River Cruises are get the fuck out. Okay, are we allowed to go on a Viking River cruise now that our marriage has already ended? <laughs> uh I I don't know. Cousins weigh in. Like we don't know which way is up. We can't even fill out divorce papers properly apparently. <laughs> right. Man, why did that notary that notary sucked? Yeah. Anyway, that notary sucked, guys. Um, <laughs> we just don't see each other every day anymore. Right. So yeah. we have more stuff to discuss. That's true. We will discuss this offline. Yep. I'm not totally sure when these next episodes will get up as uh we are both traveling a bit here in September. Yeah. And uh my job situation has changed. Amy's everything is changing. Right. So it's, it's so, all very uh, uh, exciting. thank you for bearing with us. <laughs> The tumult continues. As it turns out, we spoke too soon. But, uh, yeah, but we'll, we'll do the best we can. Oh, I'm gonna try and get my Royal Wii episodes banged out finally. Oh, cool. Um, I meant to do them a bunch of times, and <laughs> yeah. instead I just sat around playing video chess. So, <laughs> working through that. Right. Same with me, except Sid Meier's Pirates. Yeah. 
You mean for whale cast? Yeah. Or as some call it, whale show? <laughs> That's right. Some call it whale show. <laughs> anyway, until next time. <gasps> up, up yours downstairs. downstairs. Luncheon out.